Well, I am so thrilled to have you here for Lady Red Live, the podcast, season two. I'm your host, Kylie Fisher, aka Lady Red, and this is Ship to Shore. This season, I talk with my friends from the cruise ship industry who have literally had their worlds turned upside down. We chat about ship life, crew life, traveling the world, and of course, the pandemic that we are literally living through right now. I believe that their stories need to be heard, and I'm so thankful that each and every one of them have entrusted me to share their journeys. And if you're not already following me on the gram, head over to Lady Red Live. And in the show info, you can find out more on who was on the episode. All right, guys, let's get the show on the road. This is Ship to Shore. And welcome to another amazing episode with Lady Red Live. This is season two ship to shore and you know that my name is Kylie Fisher your one and only host and uh, I'm so excited to be chatting with a girl that I've known from the beginning of my piano bar career pretty much and uh, we met on the Hawaii to Sydney cruise which hello was like a night like seven to eight days at sea it was pretty insane we'll probably chat about that as well and um, she has been a soloist in the bands music supervisor she's just an all-rounder amazing creative artist and as she's been home in Scotland she's actually been writing her own music and I'm so excited to hear the story of the one and only drum roll please for Amanda Williams, a.k.a. Emma. How you going today, girl? You. I am good, gorgeous. How are you? Do I need to talk right into the microphone? Nah, you can pull back. You're fine. We're so used to being so close, right? (laughs) We're so close to like kissing the microphone and then we we can like pull back. So it's great. I know. Yeah. Okay. And good morning. She has her coffee with her this morning because of course it's 9am in Scotland and it's like 7pm here in in Queensland. So we're going to get rocking and rolling. And Amanda, I would love you to share with us how long you've been on cruises, how did you get into it, you know, that whole story, and we will go from there. Oh, well. Um, so I started cruises in 2015, I think. No, 2014, I can't. Oh, no, 2015, yeah. So 2015, I, um, I got out of a really kind of long, it was my first long relationship, four years that was the longest I've ever been in a relationship um and just got out of it and my brother he worked as a cruise director I'm sorry as a playlist performer and obviously I was down in the dumps I didn't think I'm like oh I don't I don't want to do anything um and he messaged me and he was like Amanda look come on for a cruise come and cruise with me for like a couple of weeks and maybe see if you would like to come on and, and start as a, a performer here so I didn't end up going to cruise, but then I was thinking about it. I'm like, I'm going to apply for it. I'm going to apply for it. So 2015, I sent in my reel back then. It was all different. You didn't, didn't really need to go and actually do a physical um, addition. What you had to do was um, like, obviously put your application form in and then do like a Skype. I don't know if you did this, Kylie, but like like a, a Skype interview thing um where you just do you stand up i look back and i've got the video it's really bad and i'm standing up with my guitar going this ding 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 um <laughs> it's really bad um and i applied for it two months later everything started to happen really fast and um my first ship was out of baltimore um 
yeah, and that was it. And I, I went straight on it, and that's five years now. Started as a soloist, then worked my way up to music manager, soloist, and then um, in the rock band as a music manager. Awesome. How many contracts do you feel like you've done? I only say five years. You you know exactly how many contracts you've done. <laughs> I'm like, I can't remember. I think it's about eight because I did long ones. All mine were like six months. One was eight months and then it was like all kind of split up. So it was, I, I would say about eight. Yeah, yeah. Do you have a favourite port that you just would love to go back to? Oh, Cuba. Oh, yes. It you was so humid that it was crazy good, hey? Yeah. It was just so, the moment you walked off the ship, you just knew the places to go and then the music was on the street. It was just like probably one of, and Puerto Rico, you were there as well, San Juan. Yeah, yeah. San Juan, Cuba, all that kind of, that Latino vibe when the, everybody's on the street dancing, you've got that music. It just, it just makes you feel like you're on holiday. Yeah, yeah. Even though we weren't, but like. I think we were really <laughs> lucky, like when we went to the Buena Vista Social Club and saw the band and stuff, like that stuff is history, like you know, being able to say an Aussie and a Scot like saw a Cuban band in Cuba, like that's 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 that history stuff that just comes with the job and it's so it's such a blessing. Yeah. Sort of warden. Like it made all of the crap on the on like like that you went through on a ship, like working every night and like tiring your voice out, it made it all worth it. Having that mm. overnight as well. Remember that like it was just like an overnight you got off in the morning went did your thing came back got ready went out and got drunk it was good i loved it it was so good and cuban rum oh my gosh could it be any cheaper oh. <laughs> um i honestly can't remember most of the nights no nah. i'm pretty <laughs> sure i brought back like so many cuban um cuban cigars and i forgot to declare them because they'd <gasps> been in my suitcase for so long but yeah i still have them it's all good oh, you got them all good <laughs> yeah all good um do you do you have a great or a favorite memory on board as a performer or um just in like a moment on a ship that you just go that's that's a great one I didn't think about these questions before (laughs) um what am I thinking best memory I'm I'm gonna like maybe say off a ship because it was in Hawaii. So whenever we went to Hawaii for the very first time, I was blessed uh, to be on a ship there. And um, it was in Honolulu. And uh, the so the, the crew center on the ship was doing um, deals to go skydiving. And I was like, I'm doing it. I'm doing it. I'm going to go. And that was, I think that was probably, because that was something that I thought that I would never, ever be able to afford to do. Something I'd never thought I would actually do. But it was a spur in the moment thing. Me and um, one of the um, sound techs was like, ah, come on, let's do it. Just like, let's go. We're going to go skydive. And I was like, I went and I did it. And I, I think that was probably one, one of my best memories because it was something that I didn't think I would ever do. I did, I did something like I did the unthinkable. And skydiving, note to people, is probably not in our travel insurance papers, but hey, we don't tell anybody that, no. do we? Never. No, no, no. <laughs> Die then. <laughs> How exciting. And you like I skydived in Fiji, so when you skydive over all the islands, it's just, it's so picturesque and it's like, yeah, you can you can skydive in Wollongong out of Sydney, but you, it's nothing. You know what I mean? Like, but flying skydiving over islands and just blue clear water is just oh, and like and, into a rainbow. 
No, you didn't. There was a didn't. rainbow on the first. I can't. Uh, yeah, I've, they sent me all the pictures on Dropbox, and then they expired. Oh, so I only no. downloaded a few pictures, and I was gutted because I've got a couple on Instagram, but like. It, it was like a big massive rainbow over the oh. water and it was like you were basically diving into it and it was uh it was like peter pan amazing. never never land i think i can't i think it was big dave i had big dave everybody else had pure attractive australians and i had big dave i love it it was this big tall guy and i was like cool let's go <laughs> so <laughs> <Come> good <laughs> Awesome. I remember that day that you went skydiving because that was the day I was signing onto the ship and it was my first American contract ever and I knew nothing. I remember some random guy having to show me where my room was. I had no idea where safety briefing was. It was it was, it was quite insane. I remember, I do remember finding the piano bar and then just going, having a jam and going, cool, I found where I'm working, it's all good. And I remember, um, I'm pretty sure that night or the next night, um, I, I did something that probably I shouldn't have oh, done. Yeah. And, you oh, know, yeah. you being my manager, you can tell the story. <laughs> I actually reminded you of this because yeah. I was I was like, the first thing that comes into my mind when I think of Kylie, right? Obviously, like, like this big, massive personality, like just always laughing, making everybody else laugh. But it was one night in Crew Bar. And on that contract, that particular contract, I wasn't going to Crew Bar as much. And you know that as well. I wasn't going out as much as I normally would on other ships. Um, but yeah, we went into the Crew Bar one night and I think it was Momo was there. Yep. I remember like we're all sitting in this big massive group and then Kelly's like it was like everybody like you, you captivate the room whenever you're telling a, a story so we're telling a story and we're all sitting like going like that opening our mouth and um so <laughs> and Kelly was like yeah like so the the bar where we all go the crew bar right next there's like a a, a water screen door a watertight door that leads into our cabin so Kylie was next door to me um and it's a watertight door that you can just go from crew bar right into your room and go to bed. It was great. It was like the best, best room to be in. But at one point of the night, they closed the watertight doors. So Kylie was telling this um, story. She was like, oh yeah, last night I was in the crew bar. I had a great time. And I just went out and I and I used the pump and I went into my room and I, and I opened a watertight door and I was like, Kylie, <laughs> why did you do that? And you're like, ah, it was great. Like I walked in and, I, and, and my cabin's right there. So, and I was like, like, you should not say that. <laughs> I was like, I'm going to pretend I didn't hear that because I'm your manager. <laughs> the whole table was like, they couldn't believe it. I know. It was like a shock. And I was like, did you, did you, what did you learn in your, your orientation? Did you not like learn that you should? <laughs> I couldn't understand their accent. You're like, my cabin's right there though. And I was like, oh my God, Kelly, don't do it again, please. <laughs> I actually don't even think I knew the other way to go through the comedy club because the other nights I'd left early enough and so the door was open. I, did, I didn't do it after that. It was just the one time, the one time only. We'll leave it there. <laughs> Too good. Thinking of, um, thinking of positions on board, what's your favourite or what has been one of your favourite positions, like soloist or manager, rock band? Like what do, you, what do you love the best or do you feel like there's an even balance between it? Um... Obviously, I loved I loved being a soloist because I had my own time. I could do my original music, and and it was my just my own space, and I didn't have to rely on anybody else to kind of um, do anything. So I think mm, I can't. I think they're all equal. 
because I did love being a soloist and I do like being able to get to perform and do my own stuff but then I also like to be in the rock band and being able to run about and jump about the stage and interact with people and not have to rely on my guitar all the time and then being music manager obviously is rewarding it could be sometimes sometimes difficult um, and you need to kind of put yourself in a in a manager state of mind you need to like obviously not go to crew bar as much and getting drunk and all that but um I love it all I loved it all manager it towards the end on my last contract um I just kind of I felt like I'm done being manager I want to focus on being a musician and not have and maybe have more spare time to to go out and because I wasn't getting off the ship as much I wasn't feeling so I think I love being music manager, but it just ran its course. Mm, beautiful. And you've always had that passion. Like I remember talking about that back in 2017 when we first met and your passion for writing and how much, um, you know, how much of a, have a, that, that is a part of you as well. So, and I know what it's like in the cover scene and you're having to do covers all the time, but then when you are able to perform one of your own songs, it is such a different element. So talking about songwriting and, and your original music, let's tap into, um, like where you were when cruise ships shut down. Tell us your story about that. How was trying to get home? Um, and then, you know, give us a bit of your, 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 your story from home and did you have any valleys and did you have any moments where it was just like there was a line in the sand and it was click and it was you were ready to go again or did you have a lull and you had a moment where despair kicked in like what how have you gone through this season you know it's nearly it's more than a year now like it's out of control I mean not sorry more than half a year yeah I can't believe that I think it's went and did fast honestly but um I I was on a ship and March I was in Charleston that was our home port um and uh I remember getting the news we're all we all we're all brought into the theater and um entertainment directors like like we've um uh we're gonna have to stop cruises for guests we're gonna have no guests and they gave us all the kind of at, at first not gonna lie it was a bit exciting because we didn't know what this virus was we didn't know what were what, what what was going to but then if, if I had like a that sort of even moment where I could look into the future and saw this I'd be like right okay I'm, I'm I shouldn't have been happy um so yeah we got that news and then we all got a chance to be quarantined on the ship together go to crew bar and go to all the bars and all that and it was fun but then obviously in March we all got kind of confined to our cabins basically we had to like go up to our, um we couldn't really eat at certain times it was all kind of it was just like it started out fun and then the reality hit us all slowly so I chose I went to the entertainment director and I asked if I could not get a flight home because they were planning on sending everybody home and I was like I would like to stay here and the main reason was because my mum is um she's diabetic and she's got a lot of health problems, a lot of really a lot of health issues. And I was like, I don't want to go back because that's the only place I can go to is my home. Like I don't have my own home. And there and I've got my grandma who my dad takes care of. Her, and I was like, I need to stay here for a wee bit longer if figure out what's going on. Because if I'm flying through New York, then I could contract the virus and bring that home. And I'm not going to be responsible for that. And you're going to so they let me um stay on board and then um I was there for like two weeks, I would say. 
until I reality kind of hit me that they were going to be closing the border to the United Kingdom. And I was like, do, what, do I want to be stuck on a ship where we don't get a chance to do that much anymore? Or do I want to go home and just risk it? And two weeks later, HR was like, there's no, we need to send you home. And I was like, easy. So I came home in April. It was like almost a month on the ship without guests. Um, I came home. Uh, yeah, and as you were saying, like, how long did it take for me to kind of to let it sink in? It, I think my anxiety hit me as soon as I got home because the coronavirus started out as a sweet, tiny. It wasn't that. It, like I was like, yeah, I don't, I don't. It's gonna be fine. It's gonna be over in like a month. But it started to like get anxiety knowing that this thing was was lasting longer and that these lockdowns were happening in the UK and everywhere over the world I was like shit like what's going to happen in my job I don't know what my future holds what am I doing in my life like I've not got any backup plan like so things like that and I'm like why did I not have a backup plan why did I not have savings I didn't like obviously save contract to contract but I didn't in five years I've not put together a decent saving and I'm like what you're stupid, Amanda. Um, so yeah, it took me, I think I, I spent um, three weeks in uncertainty. Like I was staying in my bed longer, but I kind of was like, oh, this is what I'd normally do when I come home. I'll lie in bed, I'll put Netflix on. I don't really want to go and see anybody until until I'm kind of well rested and I've caught up on reality. Um, but three weeks and then it just hit me like every day I was waking up and I was like what the hell what the hell I don't know what I'm doing um, and then I started to get in touch um, I was I know this guy from ships his name's Ted I've, I've met, known him for, since 2015 um, and he we were messaging just on on Instagram talking he's like oh like because I was putting up kind of wee snippets of things and he's like oh that's really cool and I was like yeah I'm just I'm just I've just started writing more music and I'm working on old songs and I'm just doing it on uh, Logic. Logic. Um, he's like, send me, a, send me your songs along. Send me a couple along. So I sent him a couple of songs and he was like, immediately got back to me. He's like, Amanda, like, these songs are great. Like, um, send me more. So I was like, oh, cool. So I didn't have any demos ready. So I was like, okay, Amanda, you've been sitting on your songs for 10 years now like your songwriting capability you've been sitting on this for 10 years and you've not been doing anything with it I could have had like three albums out already and I was like this is your time like get get out your slump and get these demos done it's only demos I'm like all I need to do is put my guitar put to a click and sing so I did that and then I, I started to just get the it was like a bug I was getting so I was like wanting to write more and um, yeah, I just started writing. I think I, I wrote about in the space of uh, a month. I, I wrote ten songs, mm. and they were just coming out dead easily. They were coming out like it was like t- ten years of like heart, like experiences. Everything was coming out at once, and I was like getting emotional. Like if I was listening back, I was like, oh, I wrote that. Um, and then Ted introduced me to this guy called Bud, who is producing my music now, and. It was just it, immediately we just all got on so well, and he sent me boy back for the first time. And I remember going like, that, holy shit, that sounds so cool. And then the, they kept coming like boy was good, and then 
NyQuil came back and that was better and then the next one came back and that was better but I don't think that was because his production was getting better it was because my songwriting is evolving mm. and my stories my stories are evolving so I feel like my it's just getting I've trained what, what, what do you what do you call it whenever like if you don't if you don't use it you lose it mm. like I didn't use my songwriting for so long I knew I could do it but I was like, if you don't use it, you lose it. I felt like I lost it for a long time, but because I was using it, it was just getting better and better. My songwriting as I went along. So yeah. And that's it. Like July, I released my first single as a, as a debut artist. And that's me. I'm on, I'm on the road now and I'm doing it all myself. Even though I've got uh, Bud and Ted, I'm still like trying to rely on myself to, and my, my college. I'm trying to go back to my knowledge at college whenever I did some music production and how to do a press release and how to promote yourself and market yourself. So I've been doing it all myself and learning loads of shit along the way. And it's good. It's, it's hard work though. It's hard work promoting yourself. Mm. <laughs> I'm like, what did I say about myself? I'm like from, from the other side of the world, like I've been so proud of you watching the journey because yeah, songwriting is a talent and it's a gift and it never leaves us. But like you said, because now you're in it, you're churning it, it's just coming out like flow because you're now in that gift. And like, as you said, friggin' 10 songs in a month just flowed out. Like, that's incredible. And knowing that you've got this time now is huge because anytime in the future we could go back to normal and then life gets turned upside down again. But knowing that you've got that gift maybe would mean creating some form of balance to go back to ships if that was a, if that was the case. Do you know what I mean? Like having that now, yeah. So that'll be backup plan. It's finally the backup mm. plan that I needed that I didn't know I had. Like kind of just sitting down there waiting to go, Amanda, use me. But um, yeah, and I, I'm I'm so proud of myself. I never thought. Of it. I'm not gonna lie, it's not been it's not been easy, Kylie. It's been hard. Like I, I I'm I I do sometimes confine myself to the room and or like if I've got I'm trying to like collaborate with people and if I don't get like the email that I expected back, like that's why I'm loving watching your 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 Instagram posts and your and your videos because it's like it makes me believe that I can I can achieve like if I if I write it in my on a like if I have a vision board or if I write it down and I say that I want it if I record a voice note and I say that I want it hopefully good things will come to me and that's why like I'm so inspired by what you're doing um because sometimes I do get a wee bit in a bit of a hump if I get a, a like if I send a press release to someone they go oh sorry it's not for us at this time that puts me in a wee bit of a slump and I and I can't get out of it for a couple of days or like if I'm messaging a DJ and he's interested in working with me, but he doesn't like the song idea that I've sent him. And then I get a little bit defensive. You know what I'm like? I'm, I'm like my dad. I'm my dad's daughter. I'm immediately defensive. Um, and I go into this slump for a couple of days. But um, but yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to kind of get out of that and um, try and... It's not I'm, not... I'm not saying be positive every day because I don't think that's like you've got to have your your downtime you've got to have be emotional and and let it out but yeah I'm trying to get out of this 
we slump. I've been in actually, uh, you know, because we tried to do this call yet yesterday. I've got myself into a wee slump, and it's everything like uh, there's a, like loads of things adding on to my like my feeling my my, my anxiety or whatever whatever it is. I don't know what it is. It's just me being a plunker. A plunker. <laughs> a plonker. <laughs> hey, hey, hey. Plonker. Plonker. <laughs> like a plonk, like P-L-O-N-K-E-R. Plonker. For Scottish word of the, the podcast. <laughs> Love it. Love it. I said to Amanda she could so swear because in like in a Scottish accent, sh- shit, shit and ficken, it sounds fine. I love shite. it. Shite. Oh, that's it, shite. Um, one thing that I always think, one thing that I always remind myself, Amanda, is the more no's you get, you're closer to a yes. And I know like two stories of one of my um, colleagues who is an author and she had um, – uh, what do you call a like a producer for a, when you write a book? I don't know the person. Uh, that... Editor or illustri- illustrator? Yeah, like an editor. She had like one of the best editors in the world approach her for her book, and but it doesn't it didn't align with her vision, and so she said no to something that she thought was going to be the big or publicist or whatever the biggest opportunity for her, but it just didn't align with her. So she said no to it and waited and waited and waited and got no, got no, got no, got no. And then finally got signed by an amazing publicist who was aligned with her. And now she's flourished and she's three books in and millions, you know, millions of listeners on podcasts and all that kind of stuff. And then Mr. KFC, Mr. Kentucky Fried Chicken, with his chicken recipe went to over – I think over a hundred different people before someone actually said yes to his chicken recipe. And he was 65 before that even happened. And so it was that just that passion of never giving up. And I love that because we would have never had KFC if he'd just given up after the second or third try and just been like, oh, well, it'll be a family recipe and my family can have this forever. You know, he might not have been Southern, but maybe he was Kentucky. That's, I can only do a southern one because all I, I, hear in my I head like is, how you went like that. I had heard of it. <laughs> yeah, because I always go in my head, Lady Red, I want to hear Wagon Wheel. Man, the southerns loved you. The southerns loved you. I remember walking out of the piano bar, all the cowboy hats, and I'm like, oh man, she's loving her best life. <laughs> they come in, hello, ma'am. They take their hats off. I was like, that's a real cowboy. Was it not the Pussycat song that every, all the kind of the, the Southerners liked as well? They were like the the, the Pussycat song. Yeah, yeah. There was a few, and just a few, a few um, guests who would come back just to hear me sing that song, which I thought was quite weird. I know. Yeah, yeah. Well, you've got you've got you've got to have something. You've got to have something that keeps them coming, and you did have that wee pussy song. <laughs> if uh, you don't, that know was what an innuendo. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> Maybe uh maybe comment in the in the and and I'll uh, I'll put the lyrics in below and you can figure it out for yourself. Yeah. <laughs> oh, mm. so we are coming to the hopefully to the end of this pandemic. Let's hope so. And uh, well, we are on this side of the world, which is great. Um, so what do you see? What do you see yourself doing for the next? You know, if if you could dream big. What would you love to happen for the next for twenty twenty one? You know, sorry. Uh, well, I do have like uh, something lined up that I'm not really allowed to talk about, but um, 
I've got something that's that I've been um working on for the past week month, um, which is something that I got turned down for initially. And it really in January it really got me in a slump. And that was like another thing, rejection. That's why I need to like, Amanda, stop getting down. Like not everybody's gonna love you. It's fine. Um I got rejected <clears throat> and then um recently like phone call middle of the pandemic hey amanda we love you blah 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 so that was something that i'm looking forward to in 2021 hopefully fingers crossed um but also like i want to because i've started building my like ama and 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 building it but yeah for for my, my vision for ama is to get um just to keep obviously releasing music don't get into that slump again don't get into that I don't want to get into not using it um I'm going to keep on writing um I've also just been I've been emailing just sending emails every day like I wake up every morning and just send a new, new email to like a new person just to keep my options open just to keep like I want to collaborate with people so I'm hoping that 2021 has got an album or an EP, I would say as a brand new artist, I think an EP is a good way to start. Um, some funding would be amazing. I've been applying to a few um, music um, corporations over here just to get some funding to actually be able to release a good, decent EP with like a vinyl or whatever. Um, so that's my, to get some funding. Um, and yeah, like just to develop AMA further. It's only the beginning, so. I want AMA to kind of slowly, even though it's been doing really well over here, I want it to slowly build up and, and hopefully reach a lot more people. And yeah, hopefully the job opportunity sticks and um, it's going to be good. I can't wait to share it all with you. That's so great. Bring on 2021. I'm so excited for the new year. So pumped. Me too. Yeah. Me too. Yeah. I'm not going to write this year off though. I see a lot of people going, oh, like 2020 is a write off. You've still got three months or two months left. Sorry. Three months. Yep. What am I talking about? Two months, one month and a half. Don't no, write I it agree. off. Like that's my advice to everybody. Don't write it off because you get, there's so much you can do in two weeks, a month. There's so much you can do. So I would say don't write it off just yet because um, as a creative, you can just get in there and there's loads of people. Um, in the same situation as us, so just yeah. keep doing it. I, would say. I agree. I totally agree. I wouldn't be where I am now if I just written off this year and stayed at my mum and dad's place and become a fluffy redhead. <laughs> oh, I loved, I loved your being back home though. Your mum and dad are just the best. They're so good. They're so good. And your wee morning walks to get the the wood and all that, and oh, and like kangaroos. And I wanted to be there. Yeah, it was pretty. Yeah. I don't even know if I, I don't even know if I learned how to chop wood. Let's just be honest. Like, <laughs> I know, I know. Oh, your mum's so cute. I want to see more of you and your mum singing because your your mum's so so cute. And your dad playing the bass. Yeah, like I think their dream is to have a family band, but you know I'm not all about that. We'll just... I know, I know. The amount of people that ask me that are like, why don't you start like like the Osmonds or the? I'm like, no, no. 
No. Some of us <laughs> like just being soloists. Let's just put it out there. Yeah. You know, we we. I'm like... not. I'm not going to write it. I'm not going to write it off. But uh, like, <laughs> I would do like a one-off thing. But we're not starting a family band. No. I don't even think my sister and my brothers want that in, anyway. So <laughs> love it. Going back to <laughs> ship life, I just had a um a thought drop in that we didn't talk about, but. You know, being in a position, you're in a manager position that holds a lot of weight. You have to, you know, look after a whole team of musicians and all of that kind of stuff. How did you How did you cope with life on board, the good and the bad and even the ugly? Like, did you feel like you ever had any times where it was lonely for you? Because I know for me it was, but I covered it up with being social. Um, but I'd love to hear, like, do you feel like there was any moments where – it was tough. Um, yeah, like as as a manager, you obviously have to be like you 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 with with me especially. I just want to be everybody's friend. Like I want to like just like even if it's someone that we're not supposed to technically get along with. Like I don't give it like a shit. I want to be friends with everybody, and and that was hard for me because um, on a couple of situations I did get too friendly with some people and I got myself into trouble um like on one ship like I remember um it was one of the ships that we were on it was our first contract um I let my relationship with my then boyfriend um affect affect my manager work and affect my relationships with people um so what happened was in that certain relationship I allowed him um to like make like allowed him to make me like a recluse so I was in my cabin all the time I wasn't hanging about with anybody um I was constantly um just constantly in my cabin like we used to, like drink wine in the cabin um basically I was just locked in there and um obviously I did focus on that contract I did get a lot of chance to focus on my manager work and be a manager but I wasn't able to not wasn't able to, but like I felt like I had to stay away from people, and you remember that because I wasn't, I wasn't. You saw a good change in me after we met on several other contracts, um. So that was like one one extreme. Obviously, as a manager, I felt I felt lonely. I didn't. I felt like I didn't have any friends. I felt like no one liked me because of the relationship I was in. Um, a lot of people didn't like them, and I felt like people hated me for that. So. Um, I did that to myself, but then obviously, whenever I kind of defied that, then that big massive thing blew out, and I got into trouble and all that crap. But that's in the past. Um, and then on another contract, I let my relationship with people affect my manager work by getting too close. So it was like it was like right two th- like the kind of best of both worlds happened at like different times. And but yeah, I think keeping a nice relationship with 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 um, people. And then um, obviously sticking to your manager work and not fucking up and doing your job basically is just like keep it nice, a nice balance. Um, mm. But I still felt lonely, I'm not going to lie. Because I, 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 I was a manager like, and, and I did try to keep that balance and keep, be, be friendly with everybody, go to crew bar every night, but also be like have the manager head on go, don't fucking say that. Like, um, there were some times if I did have to give people into trouble, I did feel like a a bad person. Yeah. Um, and I felt like, oh God, they don't like me. Um so yeah, I felt like 
as as a wee bit lonely. Not gonna lie, as a manager, because you've got to keep it keep it balanced. Even though I didn't do it well at most of the times, I did my best. I did my best, and yeah, I'm grateful for the opportunity. But it probably would be really hard as well to you're you're on like you're on your hours you're logged on as manager and then you're able to switch off at crew bar but probably people ask you questions all the time on your off time so naturally you're never actually switched off until you shut your door and you lock your door and you don't answer your phone I'm not gonna lie like I did get I did like it I liked being able to help people and I liked a team that used their initiative and and, and that's why I'll, you remember the meetings. I'm like, guys, if you call me for something, um, make sure that you check everything first and you know, like, because this is what you're here for. Like, I'm not here to be your mum. I'm not here to be your your um, your um carer. I'm here to guide you. Yeah. Um. <clears throat> so, yeah, like, um, I tried to, I, don't, I forgot what I was talking about. <laughs> Being a manager and um, making, you know, not people being your mum or your their, their yeah. carer. Yeah. I tried to I tried mm. to be that way and be a bit, a bit tough. Um, I do, I do love it. I do love it. I do love it. I think time has come. Hopefully whenever ships start up again, time has come to take a wee break as manager because, because it's, it's, I think that was the main reason why my creative side took a wee bit of a dip. And I felt it. I felt it. I felt, obviously, love being a manager. And I got offered being supervisor and, and, the, and, and like, the home office in Miami <clears throat> at one point. Um, and I think that was about the wake-up call. Whenever they offered me that, I was like, oh, but I'm not going to get to do it. I'm going to be working more than I am right now. I'm not going to have a chance to be creative. I'm not going to get a gig. So I kind of started to think about it then, but I still didn't make any actions. It was only until I came home this time that my creative side, like AMA creative side came out. So um, time to take a break from manager, definitely. I just want to, I just want to get like just free bird. Just want to be free and, and not have to rely on everybody else because it was like I, you know me I worry about everybody and I care about everybody and that's what I was going to bed with at night was thinking about other people and not thinking about myself so I think yeah it was definitely time to step down as manager and just be, be, a, be an artist beautiful yeah beautiful if you could give three tips for any uh entertainers out there who are wanting to go to ships in the future what would be three tips that you would tell them to take with them uh three tips so for anybody that wants to start cruises um don't drink too much um have fun be safe um um don't take things to heart because hmm. sometimes managers um yeah and, I, and that's like as a wee bit of advice to myself as well because I do take things to heart but that's my advice to other people don't take things to heart don't drink too much because because you will get fired <laughs> <laughs> if you're caught on Lido like sleeping there's a few stories if you're caught in Lido hey. like winching somebody winching that's another Scottish word of the day winching that means kissing 
if you're caught in Lido winching somebody or winching a guest. Oh, I've got four. Um, no coning, which means don't stay stay in line. Don't get with guests because you'll get fired. Um, and have, have fun, be safe. And, and don't open watertight doors. <laughs> and don't open watertight doors, whatever you do, unless it's an emergency. <laughs> which is not getting back to your cabin. <laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah. That's a, that's a Scottish three. But yeah, that's my view. That was five, wasn't it? <laughs> Have you got any more new, new music coming out that we should keep our ears open for? Uh, yeah, I've got, I don't know when it's coming out though, because I'm still waiting for um, like final mixes of it. Um, but I've got a song called Old Flame coming out. I want to do it before 2020 finishes. So um, yeah, it's going to be coming out soon. And I've got an idea, a concept for a video. It's very female, independent, kind of strong. So I've got that uh, working with a, a guy called Drew. Um, but yeah, so that's that's the next thing. And then hopefully in January, I'm going to start um, releasing EPs maybe. Because I want to kind of, um, in Scotland, we've got a lot of kind of um, like awards. Like there's just like a... Sam, like Sama, I can't remember where, like I, I can't actually remember what it stands for, but like there's a few awards that you can receive with releasing music, like best newcomer, but you need to have like material. So that's my plan to kind of um, get all that stuff in the next, the new year. Um, but yeah, Old Flame is coming out this year at some point. Beautiful, beautiful, and all platforms, <clears throat> yeah, Spotify, yep. iTunes, everything Everywhere. else, Amazon, I, I Apple Music, everything. Well, I'll make sure I tag everything in the comments anyway so we can come and support you 100%, which is so exciting. And thank you for being on my show so early in the morning for you in the entertainer world. (laughs) I know. But it's going to be great. Do you know what? It started my day on a positive note. Yes. That's what I wanted to do. Well, there it is, guys. Thank you so much for tuning in again for another episode of Lady Red Live, the podcast, season two, Ship to Shore. And if you loved this episode, why don't you share it on the gram, share it on Facebook, share it on whatever you use and get the message out there because my passion is to get their stories heard. So until next time, guys, stay safe, be blessed. This is Kylie Fisher, a.k.a. Lady Red, and this is Lady Red Live, the podcast. Ship to shore.